Yo, yo, and welcome to the Professor Jones and the Digs podcast. My name is Dave Jones, and I am the Professor. My name is Danny Jones, and I am the Digs. Professor Jones is a podcast dedicated to the art of film and cinema. Every month we choose a certain theme and pick three movies within that theme. Every week we break down one of those movies for our movie of the week. And this week we are talking about everybody's favorite 1996 classic, Scream, directed by the one and only Wes Bentley. (laughs) I'm craving a better name there. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, everybody's favorite director, Wes Anderson. Uh, I don't. <laughs> Two down, one to go. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. It's the uh, everybody's favorite Wes Craven. There's way too many Weses in the uh, in the um, film community. So you get, you get those mixed up all the time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so so funny. <laughs> So glad that you so glad that you made us restart the podcast just to do that joke. I thought that joke was really funny and we did it right before we started this one, but in the beginning we had a little audio issue, so we stopped it and restarted it and I said, Dave, you have to do that West joke again. <laughs> <laughs> hearing it for the second time, that was The thing uh, is is the second time I told it and I just my heart wasn't in it, you know? I know I, I just could like tell. I didn't care about the joke as much, so I apologize. Wes Anderson. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's, but so we're going to talk about Scream in a little bit, which we're both looking forward to, but we're going to start in with the bro down, which is a segment in which we discuss something that was particularly relevant to us this week. Doesn't necessarily have to be about movies. Very well could be about movies as well, though. Um, I'm going to let you kick off this week's though. I think that I started the last time. So you go, you go ahead. Uh, mine is, uh, just something that I saw this last week. Um, and I'm sure everybody (laughs) recently saw, uh, team USA failed to qualify for the world cup. Um, so, (laughs) so there you go. I'm so glad you brought that up, man. Cause I, that was, Gosh, what was that? Was that like on, uh, would have been like last Thursday or something like that? Yeah, I think it was exactly a week ago. I think it was last, yeah, like last Thursday. They lost to Trinidad and Tobago. It sucks so much because the the World Cup is something that I love watching. I'm a big fan of any international sporting competition, and I really enjoy soccer as well. And so getting to getting to root for the United States soccer team every four years is something that I really, really look forward to. And it's just heartbreaking that we're not going to be in the World Cup this summer. I mean, it's just, oh, it sucks. And It's there's almost been a lot like of, you just can't even believe it. I, dude, it's surreal to me. I mean, maybe it's surreal is the wrong word to use, but I mean, it's just, I cannot, it's a nightmare. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I'm living in a nightmare in We're which the World Cup world is now. not going to have, yeah, not going to have the United States. I'm just, it sucks, man. It's just a super, super big bummer. And, um, but I think that that's also a big wake up call to the, uh, to the soccer community within the United States. And, and that's, that's really embarrassing. It's really embarrassing that we're not going to be, I mean, we have one of the largest populations in the world. Um, and we have, you know, we, we should be in the world cup. We really, yeah. really, really should. We should have one of the best soccer programs in the world. 
I mean, yeah, with 340 million people in the United States and all all of the money that goes towards athletics, I mean, there should we should have a good good soccer team to represent us in the World Cup, which is the biggest international sporting competition there is. It's just oh, it's embarrassing, dude. It sucks. Extremely embarrassing. There's a lot of there's been a lot of people that uh, have really that really called out the uh, the United States soccer, men's soccer team because we always do really well in the women's World Cup. We always well, we yeah always they kill won it. didn't they yeah didn't they did win they win the last, the last time Cup? I think they yeah, won the yeah. the last World Cup. Yeah, I mean they're they're great, um, but uh, yeah, I think it was Alexi Lawless, which his team was the one that went on to they they got to the semifinals in ninety I don't know let's say ninety six somewhere around there ninety eight maybe. Um, you're, you're guessing, but I am totally guessing. Uh, but he's a commentator now, and he basically just called every he called every single individual player out, and it's awesome. Look up Alexi Lawless uh, making yeah, making I'll have fun to check of, into uh, calling that. out the uh, the men's team. Yeah, but man, horrible. You know, just it's just yeah, horrible. it's really sad because the World Cup's something that comes around. You know, every four years, it's like the Summer Olympics or something like that, and uh, we expect that team to be there. Um, people in, in the United States don't watch soccer very often. It's kind of just like a, it's a given. Some people will come in, to, uh, um, come in and sit at my bar and request a soccer game, but it's not nearly as common as somebody coming in and saying, hey, can you put on the baseball game or the football game or the basketball game? Um, people just don't watch soccer, which, uh, you know, it is the biggest sport in the world, but for some reason that kind of just, you know, missed the United States. Uh, but every four years, it gives the United States and the people in it the chance to kind of hop on board and be a part of something bigger. You know, um, when you watch like the Olympics or the World Cup, you're a part of of a bigger uh, play at work here, a bigger, you know, a, it's just, yeah, it, it's just a big deal. And so um, it's very sad that we're not going to be in there. And it, it's not going to make me not watch the World Cup because I'm still excited for the World Cup. But it's go just, Iceland, dude. Yeah. Well, go Brazil. I have loyalties to Brazil now. It's oh, me too. I'm kind of kidding, but I, it's amazing. Iceland actually made it into the World Cup. They have a they have a population of like 330 thousand people or something like no that. No way. Yeah, dude, Iceland is like they're a tiny country, and this is the first time they've ever made it. Look up Iceland welcoming um, welcoming their men's team home after the qualifiers, and them making it in, and they do what's called like a Viking greeting. It's such a tight video. They uh, just just look it up, and if you're listening to this, look up Iceland men's team coming home. It's All great. right, yeah, that's two videos now. I'll have to look up. <laughs> I know there's full of them, just chock full of them. You <laughs> know where we got um, that good old Reddit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, so, you know, it's just sad, and uh, it's kind of been the talk of the week, and I figured it was a good time to, to bring it up. Just sad, and I, I wish that, um, I, I really don't know much about the U.S. team, so I can't say, I really can't make any statements like, oh, I wish they would have taken it more seriously, you know, or anything, or, oh, they should have practiced harder, I don't know. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know what went wrong, but uh, it's just too bad, because now... You know, I'm excited to go for Brazil or go for, you know, these other teams and watch it. But there's something about rooting for the United States um, in these things that's just like, it's just special, you know. Yeah, no, I hear you. And like something that um, 
That's something. The only criticism that I've heard from a lot of people is that the men's team doesn't utilize younger talent as much as it should. That they they play yeah. the same old guys every four years, and so you'll see. I mean, obviously, like Josie Altidore and Clint Dempsey, and you know Tim Howard is one that he's getting a little bit older, and so people aren't sure if he's the best man for the job. But I mean, hey, we were all there four years ago, and we saw that game against. I think it was Ghana, which yeah, uh, it was just crazy the amount of saves that tim howard had um but uh i mean there's a lot of the players that you could you could utilize some younger talent um kind of dive into that u20 team and see what see what kind of uh energy and youthfulness revitalization for the the sport we can get but um either way i think that you know this is kind of a blessing in disguise it it sucks a lot that we're not going to be in the world cup but maybe this will be a wake-up call for a lot of people um to I don't know, support their country and uh, I don't know, just revitalize the, uh, the, the men's soccer program for the United States. Like let's, yeah. let's get some good people in here and like, let's really, let's, let's care about it. And like, let's take let's a take bunch some of college kids. In. Kurt Russell yeah, did it. Exactly. Happened in 1980 and it worked. Do you believe um, in miracles? Yes. <laughs> says Al Michaels. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> yes, um, says Al Michaels. <laughs> I had a dream about Al Michaels the other night. Funny enough. Really? Yeah, I don't know what was I don't even remember the premise of the dream, but I know he was there and he was doing something. I'm a big fan of Bob Costas and Al Michaels. Oh, and Bob Costas at the Winter Olympics when he had that that eye infection. Oh man, that was horrible. (laughs) Because it was just like there's nothing he could do about it. (laughs) He has to be the guy. He has to be the announcer, has to be on camera every night. And He's for the some best. Reason he just got a sty or pink eye or something. <laughs> <laughs> his some his horrible thing in his eye. <laughs> Is there something wrong with that weird <laughs> eye? Make sure to cross the T's and dot the lowercase J's. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that was that was hilarious. Well, let's um, let's move on to yeah, bro down. Yeah, yeah, great, great call on the on the soccer team. Um, but, uh, so my, mine is just something kind of funny that I've recognized in myself lately because I was totally, uh, proven wrong in this instance. Um, um, I'm definitely somebody that when somebody claims that something's amazing or it's like the best movie or the best TV show, uh, sometimes you're kind of like, well, gosh, I don't even want to watch that. You know, that kind of against the grain Mm -hmm. or that hipster Mm -hmm. feel. Um, and there's a lot of instances in which this has happened in my life, but one big one is because, you know, we podcast ourselves and I listen to a lot of other podcasts and a really popular podcast is the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. And every Everybody always rants and raves about how good Joe Rogan is. And for me, I'm always like, oh, the UFC guy, like, you know, like, that's cool that that's, you know, like, it's cool that he does that thing, but that's not, I'm not really into, you know, UFC or like fighting or any of that stuff, that mentality. I'm not really into it. And man, I gave Joe Rogan a chance and his podcast is incredible. I absolutely love it. He just talks about anything and everything with whomever, whoever and whomever, whomever. It's just amazing. He's such really? a good podcaster. Yeah, it's awesome. But I was just curious if you have any instances like that where there was something that you just delayed looking at or watching or reading. And then because you were like, oh, I don't know if I like that, whatever. And then you do and you're like, well, clearly it's awesome. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um... 
like Breaking Bad was another one that I was like, I don't want to watch Breaking Bad. It's about like some science teacher cooking meth. Like, yeah. man, what is that? And then you watch it and you're like, oh yeah, that movie, that show's incredible. Yeah, it's, it's freaking awesome. There's a lot of those. You know, there really is. It's hard for me to even like pick one. I think Entourage was one at at one point. I was like. Eh, maybe I'll give this show a shot, see what happens. But for so long, I was like super against it. Then I watched it and I was like, oh, okay, I get it. I get what the craze is all about. Um, it's a good show. Uh, but there's a lot of, yeah, there's a, especially movies too. There's a lot of movies that people talk about all the time. And you're like, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just don't really want to watch that. And then you watch it and it just kind of blows your mind. Uh, I wish people would do that with Speed Racer and me. Because I've been saying it, ain't I been saying it? I've been saying it for saying years. It. <laughs> Speed Racer is <laughs> so good. So go watch it. Um, that can be, that happens with so many movies though too. I did that with, uh, I haven't seen Close Encounters of the Third Kind in a very long time. Um, it'd probably been, maybe that's X-Files. <laughs> that's not, that's not X-Files. <laughs> no, 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 no. Had to get it out. Um, but uh, yeah, I hadn't seen Close Encounters of the Third Kind in a long time, and I sat down and watched that a couple weeks ago. And that movie's amazing. That movie's yeah. incredible. Like it's awesome. And, was so, like, and same with like same with like E.T. You know, I didn't sat down. And watch I don't E.T. know about E.T. No, I'm not gonna. I don't want to watch it. Dude, and exactly, this is my point, is that you have this problem with E.T., and I know that you don't want to sit down and watch E.T. because nah, you don't think that you're I've just not going to enjoy it I saw it, it when I was younger. I don't want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I didn't like it. I know, I've watched it like 20 years ago, but I just don't think I'd like it. Not E.T. is so good, man. I'm cooler E.T. Than that. is like, gosh, the music. John Williams just is incredible in E.T. I love it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> 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 but anyway it's just it's just it was a funny moment for me because i uh i was just trying to find a good podcast to listen to while i was at the gym the other night and i just was like oh joe rogan i'll try it out and see what's going on and i turned on an episode with him and dan carlin who's an, another really good uh historian podcaster um and gosh i just i was just so angry because i was like this is so freaking entertaining yeah like, this is such a good podcast that i hate how much i love it you know what i mean yeah yeah so but I, I, he talks Joe about rogan. a lot of really good stuff too i've heard uh I've only heard like two or three of his, and I think they were probably about aliens or something. Um, I think I was, That's the thing is he's so he's so versatile. I mean, yeah, he can he talk about, about anything. anything, dude. Yeah. He is like such a well-read and learned guy. Yeah. Like he just knows a ton. Yeah, he's a it's very awesome. smart guy. And then yeah, he has, yeah. A, and he's hilarious. His stand-up comedy is hilarious too. When you go watch him. Um, and that's I, I really like the bits when they talk about stand-up comics and the stuff that they go through, and it's it's really interesting. I listened to him and Judd Apatow talk for a long time the other day. Oh wow, that was that was interesting too. Yeah, I I actually now you're making me want to give uh, Joe Rogan a a chance here because I've yeah, I mean, no, I've he's listened great. to him a few times, but I haven't ever really got around to it. And I'm a bit over other uh, other podcasts at the moment. Um. But I mean, more like aside from Joe Rogan, just if there's things in your life that people are telling you are really good, give it a try because it probably is. When the general consensus says it's good, chances are it probably is really good. It's like Stranger Things. People that don't want to watch Stranger Things, you're like, I don't know about 
99% of the world is against you. Because <laughs> it's a really well, good You know show. what? And this is, gosh, who said that? It was, it was a friend of mine that said, um, and he actually listened to the podcast. So uh, I hope he listens to this because I'm quoting him. But we we're talking about The Office. And he said, he's like, you know, I just never was a big Steve Carell fan. And I was like, well, have you seen The Office? And he said, no. I'm like, well, what are we talking well, about? Yeah, and, that, and that's the only reason why somebody is a big Steve Carell fan, you know? You wouldn't be a big yeah, Steve Carell fan just by watching his movies. Like, you have to watch what he's yeah, most famous for. It's not like it's not like I watch like Evan Almighty and I'm like, oh, I love Steve Carell or Foxcatcher. Gosh, what an incredible! Yeah. I mean, he's really good in Foxcatcher and Whoa. he's really good in The Big he Short. Is, yeah. But but it's not like you know, it's not like it's comic genius. I mean, the the character of Michael Scott is just absolute best absurdity. It's it's incredible best on television. You know, he should get like he should get an award for for that best actor. You know, yeah. I don't know if he. I don't know. Has he been awarded for that for the um the what is it the the Emmys? I don't know if The Office ever won any Emmys. It probably did. Maybe I, I know it's one. It's one Emmy Emmys and stuff for like best series or best comedic series or whatever like that. But I don't know if he got best actor for anything because I think they only do that in a drama. Or I have no idea. We need to look more into the Emmys. I'm never, never really watch them. Um, anyway, yeah, I never really watch the uh, Emmys. Anyways, yeah, yeah. Or, or as well. Well, yeah. Uh, Interesting. Time to scream. <laughs> Oh, let's dive into Scream, man. Absolutely. So um, why don't we – I'll start this one off, actually. So okay. we're going to talk about Scream. Um, I would say that I've never really watched a horror movie or let alone uh, – I've never, I've never watched a movie that was like so geared towards me as the audience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this movie is specifically targeted toward me, you know, like somebody that just loves movies and loves everything about movies and they completely reference the fact that they're in a movie the entire time. And it's beautiful. It's absolutely yeah. amazing. Like it's such it's such good storytelling and it has a lot of that fear factor stuff going on it, Joe Rogan. Um, but it <laughs> It also is just so clever in the way that it does it. It hits all the marks and hits all the points that you need to within a scary movie, but it also is just so cleverly done. So I I love this movie. It's probably I think after this last watch, it's definitely my favorite scary movie. I think that if I, if I were to make a top five, this would be number one anytime. Doesn't matter what wow. the other what the other movies would be. I think this yeah this is my number one man. This movie's amazing. Well, uh, I don't. I don't disagree with you. Um, I'm not sure as far as top five. I'd have to think about that. But yeah, I mean, this holiday season, it, it kind of came down to, it always comes down to a few movies. But whenever I think of Halloween um, or think of scary movies, I immediately think of Scream, you know? And if you watch, I mean, if you go through, I mean, we, we still have some time before Halloween and watch two, three, and four, uh, you're not going to be that disappointed. Um, I know that like, three and four, especially four, I really enjoyed. Um, that's kind of like the newer one came out a few years ago. Uh, you've seen four, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I liked I liked four. Yeah, I haven't seen any of the other ones as much as I've watched this one though. I've only seen two and three probably a couple, couple few times. 
Um, Because two is like they're at college, and then three was there. Like there's a movie being made about the experience that they had. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, it's definitely better than I know what you did last summer. Um, But yeah. Yeah. No kidding. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I really love this movie. I love the actors in it. I love the um, the total nostalgia, um, the '90s nostalgia from it. Uh, David Arquette, uh, Shaggy from uh, <laughs> Scooby Doo, um, <laughs> Matthew Lillard, man. Yeah, Matthew Lillard. He is. He is. Well, let's just hear. Let's let's talk about Matthew Lillard though, as as an actor. Aside from this movie, what do you think about that guy? Did he did he miss his moment in time? Could he have been a very famous human being or individual, but he just didn't get his opportunity? I think so, man. Because movies were a lot cheesier in the nineties, and I think it, were this guy to be given like, I don't know, a serious role in a big budget budget picture nowadays, I think he could have done really well. He's a really weird, strange actor. Yeah, I don't I don't think that he I don't know if he necessarily could pull off like the leading man stuff, but I think that yeah. he could definitely pull off like the, you know, exactly what he does in this movie where he's kind of the side character that's really funny. So, I I don't know cuz I, you know, I haven't seen Without a Paddle. SLC Punk I saw a long time ago and he was great in that. Um She's all that. He's hilarious and love him and yeah. she's all that. Love him in that. But, and I mean, I watch the Scooby Doo movies once a week, probably. So huge fan of those as well. Uh, weird. <laughs> <I don't... laughs> oh boy, that was bad. Scooby Doo. That's freaking Freddie Prince Jr. and uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Were they all in that? Or yeah. am I making that up? No, I think it was Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah, I think you're right on the money on that. Oh, gotta get some snacks, Scoob. Oh, man, we gotta get to the store, store, Scoob. Oh, I'll go get some Scooby snacks, Scoob. (laughs) (laughs) It's like I didn't prepare that impression, but I, like, want to try. You know, it's like I'm very enticed to keep trying at it. Oh, I love Scream, Dave. (laughs) Oh, come on, Scoob. Nah, I'm not gonna keep going with it. Um, But who's the, who's Phoebe's in that? She was that girl that was in, uh, she was also in, um, uh, oh man, Grandma's Boy, right? That actress? Has to be. We'll check it out. Um, but in the meantime, yeah, Matthew Lillard, he is, quick uh, look at. he's incredible. Yeah, I, I just, yeah. well, I, I actually have quite a bit to say about him, but also his character. Yeah, no, me too. I agree. Um, it is the girl from Grandma's so, Boy, by the way, you're right. Nice. Yeah. Good one. Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Well, <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, uh, Linda Cardellini. No. Oh, reminds me of those uh, spaghetti noodles that are kind of like Italian? twirly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like in a hook where he's like Neville. Is that English? Laughs at himself because it's obviously an English name. <laughs> Cardellini, it's like, what else is she other than Italian? Yeah, I guess um, she's Irish. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so anyway, Wes Craven, director of this movie, uh, yeah. and he did a great job. This is probably his magnum opus, you would imagine. This is definitely the best this movie that it. he did. Yeah. 
Yeah, and Hills Have Eyes, he did that earlier on in the 60s or 70s, and he also did Nightmare on Elm Street, so that could arguably be his best there too. But in my opinion, Scream is just the best. I'm not going to say, actually, let me take back what I said previously about it no, being number no, no, one. No, 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 take back. I got, I, no take back. Hey, season. I can't, that was, I can't, I can't stand by that because I just thought of a couple other, or one other movie that. What is that? Take it, but. Signs. So if you're counting that as a scary movie. Well, I don't know. That's not, well, I consider signs in a whole nother class of movies. Yeah, I agree. Not just like Halloween movies, but signs is like a standalone, like, like it's an alien movie. So does it not quite walk into the boardroom, looked at him and said, all right, guys, here's the pitch. One word. Aliens. (laughs) I put both hands up and walk out of the room. And he tipped his hat like this. Like this. Um, yeah, so, yeah, Wes Craven, I think he's great. He's a creepy dude. I was watching an interview with him uh, earlier. Very creepy kind of guy. But, uh, yeah, I guess, I mean, we're, so did we already kind of go through general thoughts here? Kind of, right? Yeah, yeah, we talked general thoughts. Kevin Williamson, I just wanted to note, the, the writer for this movie, his name is Kevin Williamson, and he wrote The Faculty and I Know What You Did Last Summer. Oh, and well, this. there you have it. So, man, he like he wrote like three of the best scary movies of that decade. Of that decade. I mean, it's crazy, right? I mean, The Faculty was great. And I Know What You Did, did Last Summer is a great premise. And had me and you not watched that, Together, maybe I wouldn't rip on it as much. That was so funny, though. Here's a small little side story. Me and Dave were at our parents' house, and uh, we were just flipping through the channels, and I don't know, I think we were just going to call it an early night or something like that. And uh, (laughs) we saw that I know you did last summer. It was on TV, so we kind of got to that channel and you know, kind of turned it on. And It was one of those Tommy Boy moments where I looked at him, and I was like, I'm cool with it if you are. And he's like, no, I'm fine. I'm not changing it. And then we ended up just sitting through the whole darn thing. <laughs> it, sta- the- it like had just started too. It, it was did. like the whole freaking movie. It just started. It's not bad. Dude, I like- what was that movie? Oh, man. That was when we watched Airheads. And I was like, no, dude, Joe Montaigne is in this movie. And you were like, no, he's not. And then it went through the entire credits and it said, and Joe Montaigne. <laughs> <laughs> the opening credits and I'm just clearly saying he's not in it. And it says He was doubting me so hard and I was like, no, Joe Joe Montana. And Joe um, Montana. Dang it. Any other actors you wanna you wanna point out here though? I mean we got Matthew Lillard, David Arquette, uh not the greatest art not the greatest career with David Arquette, but gosh, I love him. Well this. he married he married um, Courtney Cox, right? Yeah, they fell in love on the set of this. So that's, that's cool. That's fun. Um, Courtney Cox, great lover. Love Courtney Absolutely Cox. Absolutely lover. Yeah. And uh, well, let's let's just get into let's just get into the movie though. Um, yeah, yeah. So let's just just the first scene. I mean, really sets the tone for this film. Uh, you have a stranger with a very awesome sounding um, awesome sounding voice that calls and talks to Drew Barrymore. And it's just this kind of very, very creepy and weird conversation that he has. And it's you know, it's kind of flirty. It's like she's kind of into this guy, yeah. whoever it is. She thinks yeah. it's one of her high school friends messing with her. And then he says, um, I want to know, what's your name? I want to know who I'm looking at. 
I know, and it just and it just so totally is just so creepy right there. I mean that that part just blew me away. It um, escalates very quickly. That. that whole scene escalates very yeah, it gets, fast. It gets horrible, dude. It does I mean he just freaking calls her up and then pretty much taunts her and then throws her boyfriend on the back patio, ties him to a chair, and then guts him in front of her, uh-huh. and then chases her out and basically kills her in front of her parents. It's, uh, yeah, I, the opening scene of this is so great. I think, like, the entire, it's a really well-written movie, so a lot of the dialogue that I think her, the actress is, well, it's Drew Barrymore, but I think the character's name is Casey, um, and a lot of the dialogue between her and uh, Ghostface are like, I don't know, it's just really well written. All of it. He's kind of, he's like, well, I thought I was going to take you out. And she's kind of like flirty. Um, and he's asking the questions about Nightmare on Elm Street. And uh, she gets one wrong about Halloween, Jason. And then uh, he's like, no, the mom was the killer in the first movie or whatever. And, all that, but it's just like really well written. It plays on Halloween movies. It plays on, um, you know, and I love the opening question. Uh, what's your favorite scary movie? And mm-hmm. like, that's just such a, I don't know. It's really unique. This also, this is kind of just like a um, little side topic, but I wanted to mention this. A reason why Scream is one of my favorite movies um, doesn't even really have to do with the like the plot of the movie. It's just because it was one of the biggest fools of all time, um, in my opinion. Such such a it tricked everybody. Having Drew Barrymore on the poster, Drew Barrymore on the cover, Drew Barrymore starring in the trailer. Um, if you go back and watch the original 1996 trailer, it's Drew Barrymore standing there, and she dies within the first five minutes yep. of the movie. And I just I think that is such clever marketing. I think it is just, I, I just think it's brilliant, man. I love that about this movie. And from that point on, the movie's great, <laughs> you know? But, you know, having a stellar mm-hmm. actress like her, too, in the, in the first scene is just, it's great. It's excellent. Actually, what's funny about that, because I was going to bring that up, too, um, but Drew Barrymore, she was uh, originally being considered for the role of uh, Sydney. And she actually talked to Wes Craven and said that maybe it would be a better idea if she was the girl that gets offed at the very beginning of the movie. Because then, from that point on, no one's safe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I found that, I found that very fascinating. But yeah, I went back and watched that original trailer. So awesome. It, it is. Totally, totally doesn't, makes you think that Drew Barrymore is just as much of the star of the movie as, uh, as uh, Nev Campbell is, so yeah. Oh, Nev Campbell. Um, yeah, what do you think about Nev Campbell? Big you know, Party of Five fan. <laughs> well, yeah, actually. Um, <laughs> well, when it comes to Party oh, really of Five, got, it really got uh, interesting about season four. <laughs> I can, I'll be honest. I have never seen a single episode of Party of Five. I have no idea what that show is. If it was on at some point in the 90s and it was on during the day and I stayed home from school, maybe I watched it. I remember I was random. I really liked 90210 <laughs> when I was younger. I don't know why. Weird. But weird. <laughs> it is weird now that I look back on it. And Martha Stewart, man. I really I liked watching Martha Stewart <laughs> when, I, 
We'd stay home from school. You really like any daytime TV. I remember this last Christmas break when you were staying at mom and dad's. You were watching like cooking shows and really getting into it. I love it. Yeah, diners. What is it called? Diners, drive-ins, and dives <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> you know what? Have you ever seen that show Bar Rescue? No. Oh, man. Watch Bar Rescue. Bar Rescue is great. It's good. Yeah, this guy goes into like like failing bars or restaurants and pretty much like turns everything upside down and like restructures their business model and turns them into a success. And he's such a like jerk about it. Like he's such an arrogant just human being. It's beautiful. But I mean, he's like I don't know how they get away with it. It's I, I could talk about well, that. Well, then show they realize they're actually, like, "Oh, it's, right, it's the location. That's why we weren't doing well." <laughs> so now we have this million yeah. dollar <laughs> nicest restaurant in the city and well most of the times it's just mismanagement they're just not being good managers and like not owning a good property like you know and just not conducting themselves well yeah but then he comes in and spends like thousands of dollars giving them a new bar top and like anyway that's total sidebar with the uh bar rescue but uh it's a good show check oh, it out yeah, back to party um, of five uh season three. back to party of five <laughs> no yeah uh yeah, Nev Campbell, honestly, I only think of her as Sydney Prescott, so I don't really think that much of her, to be honest. I just think of her as this I character. Can't, I can't really judge her acting. Yeah. yeah. I can't really judge her acting or career because I only know her as this, so it's yeah, fine. Yeah, and she does fine. <laughs> She's great she does as fine this. And, yeah, she does fine in this movie, so it's not... She was also in like The Craft or something like that, but either way, what do you think about Skeet Ulrich? Skeet Ulrich? Billy Loomis. Uh, he's just... Johnny Depp's clone or whatever. He Johnny Depp's ugly ex- cousin. He looks way too much like Johnny Depp, dude. Way too much like Johnny Depp. It's yeah. weird. I expected him to come out with face paint on, you know? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's just weird. He looks so much like Johnny Depp. You can't even take him serious. No, no, I can't either. It's just, it's way too much. Way too much. Um, how about uh, Jamie Kennedy? Big Jamie Kennedy fan? Uh... Yeah, I like Jamie Kennedy. I love Son of the Mask. Oh, boy. You ever seen Son of the Mask? It's no. horrible. Yeah, I... It's absolutely no. horrible. I refuse to watch that one. Anytime you replace yeah. a classic movie with a sequel that doesn't even have the actor in it, uh, I'm not gonna... It's like making Liar Liar and having... <laughs> I don't know. Somebody. Carrie Ells. Oof. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, the first scene of, let's just jump into the plot a little bit here, but the first scene of Scream is just unbelievable. I couldn't, I can't imagine sitting there in 1996 and being in a theater and watching that. Like that must've just blown people away, Uh which by the way, actually, did you know, so the original production for this movie cost like, oh gosh, what was it? Was it 14 or 18? Either way, 14 or $18 million. I want to say it's fourteen, fourteen million dollars to make this movie. No I mean, given way. that was like twenty years ago, but still, that's so cheap, so cheap. And you know, it's like think about Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus cost twenty-eight million dollars to make. What? I know. Think about the production value difference there. And it's insane. Movie, and this movie is just as great. But, I mean, if you also look at the difference in, you know, it's like the end of Scream pretty much is like 40 minutes of them in one house. So that yeah. couldn't have cost that much, you know? No, they you did, it's just like a of, farmhouse. A bunch of corn syrup and like a bunch of stuff that looks like blood and then a bunch of kids running around. Couldn't have cost Easy that peasy. much. 
Yeah. But yeah, so that's, I mean, it's crazy to think how, how little this movie cost and it's opening weekend. It didn't make that much money. It really, I don't think it even, I don't think it broke 14 million, but word of mouth was so good that it ended up making like a hundred million dollars gross. Yeah. Over its time in theaters. So, and dude, it made so much money and all of it was word of mouth because it was just such a good movie that everybody was like, go go see scream. It's awesome. You got to see it. Times have changed. I know, I know, but there's still movies that are that do really well like that, like Get Out. That was a super, you know, it was like a scary movie that um, got really good reviews on Rotten Tomatoes and kind of had a limited limited time in theaters, and then they actually put it back in theaters because there was such high demand to go see it. It was. And uh, I was one of those people that went and saw it after it came back into theaters, and it was fantastic. Yeah, I just saw it for the first time like three, four days ago. Oh, really? How yeah. great is that movie? Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's love uh, it. It's just, yeah, it's it's trippy. It's a very mm-hmm. trippy movie. But that's neither here nor yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, it, it's just amazing how much money this movie made and how little they spent on it. Um, fourteen million but, dollars. Uh, I could probably yeah, come up so, with fourteen million dollars. <laughs> no nah, kidding, right? I'm take kidding. out a loan. Take out a large loan. Ruin your life. <laughs> take out a loan of. They got a, and a half million they got a dollars. huge loan ruin your life. Yeah, it sounds like a great idea. <laughs> sounds great. <laughs> Can I get a loan for fourteen and a half million dollars? What's the half for? <laughs> to pay back the half a million I already owe. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, but to take out okay, the half so, a million I took out for Homeward Bound Five. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, never mind. Here's something that I want to talk to you about though with this movie uh because there's there's just a general reaction from all the students in this school as to what's going on and I know that it's a movie but I just want to get your take on it. Like from this point on we're talking all spoilers. So if you haven't seen Scream, go see it. It's amazing. Um I don't know why you haven't seen it by go now. Go to but the theaters whatever. and see it. It's out now. Yeah, but we're going to spoil everything. Um so when they go back to the school, everybody's like treating it like it's just like this huge, crazy, fun thing that happened to their town. You know? I know. And there's that one moment where the kids go running down the halls in the scream or in the ghost face outfits and like Matthew Lillard like laughs and is like, it's like freaking Christmas around here. Yeah. And although, I mean, he has a different reasoning for saying that, but I would say that his actions are representative of the general student body and everybody is very insensitive to the fact that one of their peers got gutted and like totally just killed in a horrible way as well as her boyfriend some one other of their peers i mean doesn't it just seem strange like yeah they're all so it into you, it it makes you think is that the way that people would actually act i think that i don't think so i mean no it kind of just like exaggerates what some people would be like maybe you know some kids would be like, yeah, because I feel like there might be that tone. Some kids would be like, you know, to their friends on the outside being like, oh, my gosh, that's horrible. But then to their friends being like, gosh, dude, that ghost face guy is awesome or whatever, you know. So it's just kind of like a over exaggeration. Yeah, it, it. maybe it would highlight the conversations that take place behind closed doors when when nobody else is listening. You put on that brave face and or not brave face, but uh, sympathetic face for whatever's going on. But then some people, their true colors come out. 
possibly yeah. something like that. I don't know. It's but yeah, crazy. I just found that so interesting. But that, that scene actually does bring up one of the funniest parts of the movie, uh, Henry Winkler, Principal Henry. I know. Which I just, it's so funny. But he does, he's not funny in this movie, not really. No. He says very few lines that are very, very comical in any way. Um, but so funny that he shows up. I actually, here's a, here's a line for you that I wrote down in his. Thank I hope it's not you, your yeah. favorite line. I don't think it would be. No, it's not. It's not. It's so uh, when those he says that they're expelled for what they did, and um, they say like why like whatever like you shouldn't expel us and or that's not fair and he says you're absolutely right it's not fair fairness would be to rip your insides out and hang you from a tree so we can expose you for the heartless desensitized little craps that you are he doesn't say craps yeah but. <laughs> I love I that so hard because he also, he also has this and you know, I've, I've worked in um, like high schools and stuff before too. So it, it's just funny that he plays this character of this principal that is so over it. Like he's so done. He hates these he's kids. so done with his job. These <laughs> he little hyenas. <laughs> and I mean, and you can, you've seen, you've, we've all seen that character before and we've all known that person before, but yeah. it's just, it's just hilarious. Like he just, he's over it, dude. He's done with his job and now kids are getting murdered at his school and he's just like, this is just, this sucks. Like, I, and I know. love how he just gets oh. singled out. <laughs> it's like he barely has any scenes and then he has that one scene and then they just single him out for a death scene and you're just like, oh no, the principal <laughs> guy like is the just one main character. He's like the one non-main character that ends up getting like killed too. Yeah, they know? don't like single it's out like, anybody else, like any of the main characters. No, nobody else besides like the um, Tatum. Her yeah, Tatum. Uh, oh god, Sydney's best friend. That's a, that was but, almost uh, my yeah. favorite scene. Yeah, that's that's one of the best death scenes. But real quick, back to Principal Henry. Uh, it's just so so like that's another point where the kids are just so messed up is when that he gets that call and says that principal Henry's hanging from the, the goalpost or whatever. Let's go before they the pry him down. Zone. It's like, Oh my gosh, you guys, you're horrible. They're like, well, what are we doing here? You're, we gotta go. It's like you're it's, disgusting human beings. Yeah. You want to go see your principal's dead body. That's so awful. Hyenas. Hyenas, vicious hyenas. <laughs> <laughs> just, you disgust kids. us. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, man. But anyway, so aside from that, uh, do you want to jump into favorite character, favorite line, and uh, all that good, yeah. good stuff? And then we can kind of uh, yeah, jump into. Uh, is there anything else from the first half of the movie? I mean, your favorite scene or whatever might be from that anyway. But um, yeah, um, anything that we're leaving out. Dewey. <laughs> no. Um, oh, gosh. We didn't even talk about. Well, he could come up. So. I mean, maybe. I mean, uh, I think Dewey's great. Uh, I love how he is. Is Dewey uh, not your favorite character? No. See yours? Okay, cool. He's he's not he's not mine either. So let's just talk about Dewey. Let's talk about Dewey's Dewey. Great. Let's do it. Do let's it. Let's talk about Dewey. Um. I originally I heard that David Arquette argued his way into this role. I don't know if there's any like gravity to that to that information, um, but I heard that it was supposed to be kind of like a buff 
dude. And they ended up choosing David Arquette because it would be funny to have kind of a less masculine guy play that role. And he added a lot of um, humor to the to the character. So oh, wimpy older he was, brother. He was really funny. Yeah, he was really funny, like the, you know, the deputy that's not being taken seriously. And there's that moment when he, Sydney goes back to their house and he runs out of the room with his gun. I know. And he, and he picks up the phone and goes, hello? <laughs> I know, when it's clearly hung up. Hello? Yeah, hello. So uh, there's, he has a couple of moments like that where it is just, it's so funny. And David Arquette does such a good job with that. Um, I have I have one more quote from, from Dewey that I, I would like to read. And it's because it's when um, Gail Weathers uh, asks Dewey, um, does the force, does the force require you to work out? And he says, no, ma'am. It's because of my boyish good looks, muscle mass has increased my acceptance as a serious police officer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was a great he was a great great cast he almost makes this movie i th- i think he does in a lot of ways yeah i think that he really does hey man courtney um, cox i chose i chose i chose somebody else for my favorite character but i think that i think that dewey really is the glue that makes this that makes this movie yeah so much better yeah. because he just he adds he adds humor and he adds kind of a Kind of a realistic character, like somebody that I don't know. He's he's really good. I really like Dewey in this movie, and I really like David Arquette too. So I like, I but like and, and the fact that he ends up, and the fact that he like ends up wooing Gail Weathers in the process because you think that she's like messing with him or like just using him, which she is totally. She's using him to get more in the beginning, but then she actually kind of just thinks he's cute. Yeah, I think she's totally actually kind of into him at the end. Um, and, I mean, an argument could be made both ways for that, but I thought that that kiss seemed pretty genuine. I think that she yeah. was kind of into it. So, Well, I think they yeah, stay together great. or something like that through the movies. I forget. Ah, gosh, I can't remember. I don't. can't even remember. I think that they might be together in two, but maybe they haven't seen each other or something. I have no idea. Something. And they have, like, a son, and he's really evil, and then he ends up killing David Arquette. Wait, Jigsaw. Where have, I, where have I heard this before? Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's that's do. I mean, anything else you want to talk about from from there? I no, really- no. Let's jump. Let's jump into favorite character, favorite favorite scene, and favorite line here. Okay. Uh, so um, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh. Uh, well, I think. I don't know. It might be the same. Who's your favorite? You go ahead. You say your favorite character. Uh, my favorite character is. Played by Matthew Lillard, Stu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, ah. Mine too. It's he has to. He be. has to be man. The comic relief that he provides in this movie, and the way that he says certain lines. I actually wrote down just a lot of his lines, <laughs> just because. Good dude, roll through a couple, man, because it's it's really funny. Well, they go because I wrote down a lot too. There's the scene in the movie that's from the trailer where like they're having the discussion. By the TV, it's at, like, the party, and they're talking about what not to do, um, you know, like, what you can't do in a scary movie, and, you know, the first one's inappropriate, and then second one is, like, you can't say, I'll be right back, um, and then Stu's like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna grab a beer, you want one? And he's like, yeah, and then he's like, I'll be right back, woo and kind of, like, ducks into the, you know, kitchen, I just, you know what, though? I love that part because Jamie Kennedy's character falls for it 
so hard. I know. Like, it's so amazing. Like, do you want a beer, man? And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure. And, like, starts going again with what yeah. he's going to say. <laughs> I'll be right back. Oh, <laughs> oh man. And I how many that. times have you delivered that line? How many times have you said that when you're in a group of people? So many times without even thinking I've, about I've it. done that. Yeah, I've done that anytime that there's been, like, a big, like, movie viewing. I've yeah. done that. I'll be right back and then walk out of the room. Yeah. Just because it's funny. It's hilarious. Yeah, this is funny. Scary movie. And then uh, <laughs> I love when he says, uh, he's saying that Sid's going to love it because he has a surprise for her at the end. He's like, you're going to love it, Sid. It's going to be a scream, baby. And when he says scream, love that. Because he says the title. He's like, oh, yeah. He said it. Said the title. He said it. Um, and then most of it's from the end, you know, when he, when he gets stabbed and all that. And he's like, I think I'm dying here, man. You cut me yeah. pretty deep, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, that the, part's... Um, what's your motivation, Stu? Peer pressure. I'm far too sensitive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always had a crush on you, Sid, right before he dies. Yeah. Or he says, did you really call the police? My parents are going to be My so parents. mad at me. Like the way he starts crying. Oh, gosh. going to be so mad at me. It's just like... He's... Well, it, it plays on your emotions a little bit, you know, because he is this funny guy and this idiot, and it is just a movie. But then you're watching it, and especially when he's dying, like when he gets stabbed by Billy, and he just gets stabbed a little too deep, you know, and like just not where they probably planned it. And he's starting to realize that, and he's like coughing up blood, and also like the parents thing. You're like, oh man, this is just a kid. Like, even though he doesn't look like he looks like he's 25 years old, but. Uh, you know, he <laughs> he's like actually 30. older than uh, he he was older than David Arquette. Really? Yeah, I can see you can see that. I mean, he looks older, but it also you know he plays the part really well because you know you realize this is just like this young idiot kid that got you know thrown into this idea by another guy, and it's not like he's the mastermind behind this. He's not like the the twisted, crazy, tortured you know soul he's just the idiot that went along with him you know billy's the the messed up kid um but you know obviously you have to be a certain degree of psychopath murder people um but yeah no i I, yeah i agree because i definitely i found myself like sympathizing or at least you know feeling bad for him a little bit at the end and you kind of do have to constantly remind yourself when you're like well, you know, peer pressure or not, you killed people. You murdered a <laughs> lot of people, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, so you're like, you're, there's no getting out of what you did. I mean, you're a horrible person. Sorry. We like you. <laughs> but We do. But, you, yeah, you're not good, though. <laughs> yeah, and you killed people in really horrible ways, too. So, sorry. Um, messed but, up. Yeah, killed his so, girlfriend. Yeah, he's... I know, gosh, I like could not believe. I was thinking about that. I mean, was he the one Man. that actually did it? Well, yeah, he, he she goes and does something and I don't I don't think it's the beer scene. Maybe it is right there. Um right in there somewhere Stu goes, I'm going to be, you know, he like ducks out of the room or I think it might be that beer scene where he's like, "I'll be right back." And goes and grabs another beer and she's already back there cuz I think he asks her to go grab him another beer. He does. Yeah, he asks his girlfriend Hey, go grab me another beer. And she's like kind of salty about that and mad. And then he says, I'm going to go grab another beer. But I thought that Skeet was running around. Uh, I don't know. I'm probably not remembering right. 
The point is the physics of that is not possible. <laughs> the point is a girl will not get lifted oh, up in a doggy door in... in a garage door and die. That won't happen. All that happens is that thing just sits there and doesn't go any it's further. It's just like an elevator door. When your hand, you know, touches it, it's motion sensor and it will open back up. The garage door, yeah, it would just probably go boom, boom. It's not going to go weenie-nee-nee-nee and just, I mean, it's... There's probably a, there's probably a Mythbusters on this because there's there's got to be some sort of, like, really not safe garage doors out there. Probably. But, and this is the, the, but this is also the 90s. Like, I, I think that they probably would have corrected most of those by then. Yeah. Either way, I mean, that was that was a cool death, though. It was but definitely great. Like, one of the... Yeah. One of the better scenes, for sure. And the way she, like, doesn't really think that it's going to happen to her. And then she slowly realizes it when he pulls the knife. And it's like, oh. And I just love how che- I love how cheesy that whole scene is, though. Because it's like, it gets scary for a second. But then when she runs away and gets caught in the doggy door, and she's, like, just barely, like, crawling out of it. And then it starts going up. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. This is going to really very good for you. Yeah, so. are they really doing this? <laughs> They're going to have her die yeah. like that. And then she does. And you're just like, I don't know. <laughs> it's oddly satisfying in a way, though, having somebody die in a garage door opener <laughs> in a movie. <laughs> well, they prey on the, the they prey on like the uh, the way that we indulge ourselves in the Saw movies and all that stuff. There's yeah. there's an odd satisfaction in watching people get killed in crazy ways, I guess. It's strange, but that's what we as a society have deemed OK. So. And hey, I, I fall into that. It was a great, I fall into great it. scene. Well, yeah. You know the doggy door? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's move on to uh, what were we doing? We did favorite characters, so let's do favorite, favorite, favorite scene. Okay. You go. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll go. Uh, my favorite scene is actually, it was mentioned at the beginning, but my favorite scene of the movie um is just like almost like an emotional thing with me just because i i just can't imagine how it would feel it's when drew barrymore casey is dying and she's crawling in the lawn and she sees her parents walking up to the door and but she's just she's like right there like she can see them she can like reach out to them but she can't scream for some reason she can't you know use her vocals because she's just like so much pain or something like that. So she can't like get a scream out so much adrenaline or whatever. And her parents just like walk right past her. And I just think that scene is just so like, I don't know. It hits you on a lot of levels kind of, it hit me on a lot of levels. And it's one of those scenes that, that I've remembered from this movie for a long time. Um, just because it's just, God, it's so messed up, man. It's just so messed up. And yeah, I don't know. So I don't know, you know, I don't know if that's my, it's the best scene in the world or favorite scene, but it's just a scene that sticks out to me every time I watch it. It's right at the beginning, but it just really does. It's a really messed up thing. It's mine too. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, sorry, you got to be kidding me. I know. It sucks, dude. We just enjoy the same thing every time. I bet we even have the same favorite line, but... Oh. Um, 
I know, dude. I know. We just end up having the exact same Get thoughts. Get out of my head. Things. No, I agree. The beginning was the uh, the beginning was the best part for me. Um, I thought for me for me it was just the entire the yeah. entire beginning and scene it's an opening sequence. Um, yeah, I just it's very very scary, and uh, I don't think that I've ever seen a movie start out like that in such a way that you're just immediately locked in. Yeah, it and ready starts for with the a ride bang that this for is sure. Gonna go on. Yeah, so I was I was a huge fan, huge fan. Gotta of the love Drew Barrymore too. Mm-hmm. I don't think mm-hmm. I I honestly don't think I recognize Drew Barrymore enough. I think she, her acting career has been great, and I've pretty much loved everything that she's been in, especially like nostalgic movies like Wedding Singer, not E.T. I don't want to watch Charlie's that Angels. Movie, but, oh gosh, I'm down to watch that movie soon. Full throttle. <laughs> I do. I watched Charlie's Angels not that long ago. Um, not by choice, but it, actually it was, um, but, actually, uh, I chose it. <laughs> <laughs> not by choice. I was like, you're dragging my heart. I'm like, Oh no, I don't want to watch that. Um, oh, but no, uh, I have to watch Rose Angels. Kind of excited about it though. <laughs> good flick though. Good flick. Um, I yeah, that. I love, Drew. I love Drew. She's great. She's fantastic. And she's incredible in ET. So yeah, I don't know. I just don't. She's so cute in ET dude. It's insane. Adorable. If you haven't seen the movie. And go to your nearest videotape store and buy it or rent it and watch it. <laughs> Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. <laughs> Harry Carey. No, not Harry Carey. No, it's the actor studio with, um, What's oh, his name? gosh. I don't have it. I don't I have can't it remember. Oh, well. Um, all right. Well, let's, let's roll forward with, uh, Favorite oh gosh, line. there was something I was gonna bring up though. Oh, um, just because just because we had the same favorite scene, I'm gonna throw in a an alternate favorite favorite scene. Cool. Um, cool. Just because I think that it's one of my it's one of my favorite parts. Um, is just the uh, the rules that they have for yeah. living through a scary movie. I thought that that wasn't my favorite line or anything, but I just I really like that scene. Well, it's funny and that's that was my second. <laughs> I was thinking your, about using that scene as my favorite. God. Um, but yeah, I just, I really like the rules. You know, it's like if you drink or do drugs, you're going to die. Yeah. Like you can't go upstairs alone with another significant other, you know, like you're going to die. And like, it's just, it's just great. Yeah, it's, I know. It's great it was they, my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's great. Yeah, it was my, it's my second favorite too. <laughs> I'm not explaining it to you. I'm explaining it to the listener. <laughs> I know it's good, David. You told Brand on the phone. He told me. Did I urinate on your rug? <laughs> oh. Uh, but Jamie Kennedy's Jamie Kennedy's great. That that one and the scene in the movie store. Also, I blur, I worked in a movie store for a while, so I was kind of like, "Gosh, I miss those days." You know, that's, Jamie Kennedy's character you, just walking around. You like, have I like. Oh, sorry, sorry about it. No, you you go ahead. Sorry. Oh, just thinking about the days of giving people movie recommendations and all that stuff, and then him sitting in the movie store and people are coming in just checking out all the scary movies that they possibly can. Like that's just it's a funny scene. I like it. And then his explanation of what's going on, like everybody's a suspect, and they're explaining. It's like they explain the plot of the movie multiple times throughout the movie, and it's awesome. Yeah, 
No, and they, I love and that. They totally, and they just they use misdirection so well. It's like they say exactly what you're thinking, and they're like, maybe I don't know, and then they just keep the plot moving forward. It's beautiful. If you were the number one suspect in a murder case, would you be standing in the horror section at a video store? <laughs> I love that. Yeah. No, I was gonna say yeah, though, you have to too. be probably you know one of the last you know like the last generation to work in movie rental stores. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's not even a job anymore. Nobody's going to do that. So that's a pretty cool thing yeah. that you can say. It's like, yeah, I worked at a movie rental store, you know, when I was younger. Movie gallery. I remember it. I was so good at that job, too. Yeah. They paid me minimum wage, and I gave out the best movie recommendations. I would have loved are it. Like, yeah. People were like, should I? I think that was the year that Firewall came out. They're like, well, what do you think about this movie? I was like, just because it has Harrison Ford doesn't mean it's a good movie. You might want to think about something else. <laughs> <laughs> Literally said that. Um, might want to think of Raiders of the Lost Ark over there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but all right, so well, here I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say the fit my favorite line. Perfect. Um, and we'll see if see if it's yours. So they're up in the bedroom, and Nev Campbell says. But this is life. <laughs> this isn't a movie. <laughs> Do you want to finish it? Sure it is, Sid. It's all a movie. It's all one great big movie. You go ahead and finish it, Dave. Only you can pick your genre. It's almost, I don't know. That is crazy. The, this was, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty amazing that we those came are up with the same three obscure. in this movie. Like her, you know, the opening scene, there's a lot of scenes in this movie. To pick that as your favorite scene, Stu is understandable. This line is very obscure. This, it's funny, yeah. The other two were passable. It's like, okay, I understand why you picked both of those, and I understand why I picked both. It just makes sense that we picked those. But this, and this line makes a lot of sense, too. Yeah. But it's like... Obviously, we were both paying attention a lot to the movie and thinking about what our favorite line was going to yeah. be. And as soon as that came up, we both went, ding. Yeah. And we're like, yep, that's it. That's my favorite line for sure. This isn't a movie. Sure it is, Sid. It's all a movie. It's all one great big movie. Only you can pick your genre. But this is life. This isn't a movie. We just keep repeating <laughs> it again. <laughs> Here, go ahead. No, and yeah. But no, I I really like that. And as soon as he said that, that was it. Just echoed like uh, an idea that I always have in my mind. And just because I'm such a big fan of of films and movies, I I always look at my own life and and want things to play out like a movie. And even, you know, it's like I've I've had like horrible moments in life. And um, you know, I I always think about how this would look from the outside, even though in those moments. And it's like. Um, you know, you know, it's like you always try to like over dramatize things, um, just a little bit because you, you, you just want your life to play out like a film, you know? know? Yeah. And so even even in like the saddest moments of my life, I've always kind of even I've I've like wanted to embrace that that moment because I know that this is this is a big scene in my life. This is a big moment in my life and in the best moments too, you know, yeah. I can remember specific days of my life that were big days in my life. And, you know, those were big scenes for me. And so when, when you, and so it's just that he totally echoed a thought that I have all the time is that I picture my life as a movie and I'm the main character and you'd probably win best supporting actor. So good for you, dude. <laughs> well, yeah. 
<laughs> thank you. I don't even know what to say. Um, I want to thank my parents. For sure. <laughs> if you believe it, you can do it. Um, yeah. No, I, dude, I completely agree. And yeah, even in, in hard times in life, you, uh, because I, I pictured, you know, my life a lot like that, too, and picture it as, you know, like a movie, and this is a, a big scene for me. And you kind of picture in your head, well, yeah, this is a really hard time, but um, the rest of the movie has to go on and wrap up somehow. So this is just a scene, you know. And that mm-hmm. that actually does help sometimes. Uh, and we'll see if, you know, see how that moment in time um, changes the protagonist. Will he be a dynamic character and actually have a, a character arc that changes him for the better? You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Think about your own life. Exactly. Is this going to change? Take every better? experience. Yeah. Take every negative experience and make it a positive. Learn from it. So, yeah. Absolutely. Cool, man. Gosh. Well, we really stuff, got, dude. yeah, we really got something out of this, didn't we? That was good. I like that. We got something that out of That was even movie. more than I thought about at the original time. Yeah. I mean, Life I don't even know if we watched like Shawshank or something like that, that we might find something that deep. It's all in that line, though. It is. It is. And it's really. But it's because, and you know, and I like that that's, I like that that is like the, so let's, let's maybe move on and talk about the motivation for each of the killers. Okay. So Billy Loomis. Johnny his Depp. His idea. Yeah. Johnny Depp, young Johnny Depp or weird looking Johnny Depp. Um, he wanted to, what was the end goal for him? Like what was, what was the point well, of them he, killing he, them? He murdered her mom, right? Yeah. So yeah, he murdered yeah, he, her mom. He killed the mother and, and the framed mom, that other dude. The mom did something to his dad. Oh, that's right. Because the mother, his mom or her mom was sleeping with his dad and that ruined his parents' marriage. And so That's then it. he wanted to kill her mom. But I think that he was going to kill somebody regardless. I think that he wanted to do – he, like, was such a big fan of scary movies that he wanted to become a serial killer, like one of the bad guys in those mm-hmm. movies himself. And so he does that, and then on the anniversary a year later, he goes and starts killing people and wants to eventually kill Sidney. Kill Sid. yeah. So – and he just gets Matthew Lillard to go go along with it. I mean, can you picture the conversation though? I don't know. I mean, it's like how do you? If I can only understand it, if they've been best friends since they were little, and this is a plan that's been happening for a long time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, but it's, it is all it. It is one of the all time like really good surprises, though. It is. You know? It really is because it's so obvious that it's him. That it's the main the main guy that it just doesn't that seem that it can't be that it just it can't, can't be, be him. him but then it ends up being him and, and his Stu. best friend yeah and that's and that's just awesome that this guy this one guy that you think it's been this whole time ends up being two mm-hmm. and that's how they've been getting away with it so well oh i love it yeah it's great and then uh yeah i just don't i I can kind of understand Billy's motives and Stu is a little bit confusing. Um, but I feel like he is just a little bit psycho. And I think that's what they're trying to showcase through the film that he is just a little bit out there, just loopy and kind of just carefree to a a very, very far point. Um, Mm -hmm. 
Well, and they also say something to that effect at the end of the movie. Billy does. Um, she says, like, why would you do this? And he's like, you know, it's scarier when there is no motive that they just wanted to kill or something like that. And so yeah. I don't think that I don't think that Wes Craven really or Kevin Williamson, either one really intended people to look too far into the intentions or the motives behind it. And it's more just, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it was them. You know? Yeah. Like it's just they they place just enough motive in there for us to buy it, and it's after that it's fine, it's good. So yeah, I mean that's just it's just crazy. But man, they they kind of suck at killing people though. I yeah, mean, oh, talk about see, that. Okay, that's something we haven't talked about, which I'm very happy you brought up because this is my, one of my favorite my favorite parts about this movie, and it happens in other '90s horror films as well, but. Gosh, this killer is so clumsy, and it's amazing. It's like <laughs> it's you like put him he's on. Like, it's like he's running around on rollerblades roller, or something, yeah, or roller skates. skates. It's like he just cannot stand up, and that's the best part about it—that he still kills them, and he's still frightening. But it's just like mm-hmm. it's not like uh, my buddy Jack was telling me about the uh, Halloween game or whatever on PC, and there's like a button you can push to teleport. Uh, Jason from like one place to like you know in like horror movies where he's walking really slow and then they're in the closet and they turn on the light and he's right there so you can like teleport and stuff like I feel like a lot of horror movies do that all of a sudden that the you know the bad guy will be right behind them even though they were walking slow and this movie is just like it basically shows you where he is the entire time like it shows you what he's going through as well it show in the beginning it kind of shows him going through the kitchen and you know, kind of hunting for, um, he's at the end of the day, he's just a clumsy idiot, but he's a real, so you know, he's a real person. There's a real person under that mask and he's trying to kill you. And then he does, you know, kill people. And that's like the frightening part about it, (laughs) but it's just so funny how clumsy this killer is. He's just falling everywhere. He's like the Dick Van Dyke of scary movies. It is, you know? yeah. Just tripping over tables everywhere he goes. Just, oh, God. They need a cop scene. Just, you know, they need, like, the cops to catch him and, like, four or five, like, 1920s cops roll in with their batons <laughs> and they're, like, hitting each other on the head. And, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Gosh, no, it's, yeah, it's it's quite funny how horrible they are at killing people, but... They still manage to get away with it. But, I mean, you know, that's that's something that nobody really expects to get killed. And nobody knows they're in a horror movie until they're in a horror movie. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, that's, you know, we're always screaming at the screen like, he's right there, you idiot. I know. And it's like, why would she know that? You know what I mean? <laughs> why would they know? Why would you know that he's right there? Yeah. And then so. Cedric Diggory pops out and goes, take my body back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't take know. Take my body back to my father. I don't know why that popped in my head. I don't I don't know why it did either, but I love that reference. So. <laughs> I was just picturing you in a movie theater yelling that. Then the person's like, "What?" trying to like understand what you're saying and then they die. Then the ghost pops out of the screen and is like, <laughs> "Take my body back." <laughs> I don't know where my head was on that. You one. doing all right? I don't, I don't know. That talk we had earlier, I just <laughs> getting a little loopy, going on over an hour here. I don't know. I'm just not feeling too well. 
<laughs> brings us back to Patrick Swayze, ghost. Um, there, you no. there you have it. Full circle. Um, okay, are we leaving anything out here? I think we're I think we're closing the loop pretty I think well we're doing here. Good. I think we're doing really good. Yeah. I don't I just feel like there was another point that I might have wanted to bring up, but maybe not. Oh yeah, no. The the best part, one of my favorite scenes, and it could it was up there for my favorite scene, is the very ending when um first of all Courtney Cox ends up kind of saving the day and shooting him and all that stuff, and that's cool. Um or no, she brings the gun and then Nev Campbell or Sydney ends up shooting him, right? And then Courtney, Courtney Cox, Cox shoots him first or something like that, and then Sydney shoots no, him at Sydney. the very end. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, you're right. Not my movie. Um, she says that line. But, yeah, when they're all standing over him as he's laying there, and he's like, this is where the killer arises one last time to give the audience one last scare or something like that. And then he just actually does yeah, goes, immediately huh. after he says it. There's, like, not even any reaction time. He just, uh, and then gets shot in the head. It's like, I love that. That was such, that was such a good moment. Such a good moment. Just It's just self-references itself so yeah. many times. It's amazing. Extremely clever. I love it. Yeah, really, really clever storytelling. Very and I think funny. that that's why that's why if I'm you know if I'm doing my favorite movie or favorite scary movies, this is this is probably my number one. It's definitely in my top three. So if I'm including signs in there, then I'll probably throw signs in above this because I love signs. But uh, I can't think of any any other scary movie that is better than this. Well, this has like a film essence about it it's just it's just so well done and it has like american psycho kind of written all over it you know like a very kind of like funny witty dark humor almost even though it's not going well, it's for almost like funny but it is oh it's it's almost like the movie that when kevin williamson decided to make to, to write this it's like he wanted to pay homage to the scary movies that have come before yeah and kind of and write like a new type of scary movie that was and it's just yeah i think i think a lot of it was trying to pay homage but also create something really cool i, I love it i love, I love it. it too yeah i think that's the it's the baseline i like scream a lot well okay, but here's here's the th- here's the deal do you oh, think this here. movie's better than School of Rock? No, it's not. No, I don't either. <laughs> it's so funny how not many movies can be better than School of Rock. <laughs> we just went on for an hour and 15 minutes about how great this movie was. It's not, as not good as school. <laughs> it's not as good as School of Rock, dude. It's not. This is still not as good as School Rock. What can you say? You put Jack Black behind Ghostface there, and that's really the only option. I was trying to. Th- <laughs> it's, it's like every time they answer the phone, it's like, what's your favorite scary movie? Oh, oh man. <laughs> That's that's the only option though is to have Jack Black as Ghostface. There's no other character no. that he could he could do. Yeah, detective maybe. I mean, I was thinking maybe the principal. But yeah, I mean, he'd be a good got, side role. You already got the Fonz. I know as the principal. I mean, there's maybe that's there. why they maybe that's why they had Henry Winkler be like so like hate on the kids so much is because he was that kid. Yeah, probably because you know I mean? he was maybe. that young punk. 
Yeah. Well, Mama don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I always Dad. picture that scene. I, I know, me too. Anytime I think of Henry Winkler, I think of that scene from um from Waterboy where he gets the tattoo on his on his behind. Hilarious. Sure? That's so funny. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's not as good as school, right? <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. It's not nearly as good as school. It's close. It's definitely along that same that same line. Yeah. It's within a couple of tiers. Yeah, it's right. It's say. right there. It's ballpark. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, does that wrap it on up? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Go see if you haven't seen Scream, then why are you still listening? But uh, go go watch Scream sometime around Halloween. Maybe is this going to be our Halloween episode? Well, I think we're going to do uh, another another one afterwards as well. I think we have one. We have two more podcasts. I think coming out this month. Yeah, we have a couple. We got I don't know. What I don't know when we're gonna release this one. So hey, maybe Happy Halloween. Maybe Happy Halloween. Maybe still Happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we actually have some big news uh, from the Professor Jones podcast. Uh, we recently have uh, have been put on iTunes, and this is something that we've announced already in a couple of our podcasts. But this is a huge deal for us. Um, I'm loving it just because on my phone now I can just download our podcast straight to it with our, with the podcast app there on the iPhone. Um, so if you want to, you know, download our podcast straight onto your phone, go to the podcast app. If you have an iPhone and just type in professor Jones, you'll find us. So that's freaking cool. I love that. And if you're using the iTunes app, please, uh, uh, go ahead and subscribe. And, uh, also another big thing is leave a review. If you leave Give us five stars and leave a review on there. It helps other people get out there and, and see the podcast. So uh, that helps a lot. That helps out a lot, and we'd really appreciate it. Um, but yeah, definitely subscribe and yeah, yeah. Keep checking us out. Also, huge news from this week: uh, we are finally finished with our website, and it is up and it is live. Um, we're at bro uh, www.professorjones.com. Um, and it's yeah, it was a lot of work. It took us a little while longer um, than maybe we wanted, but we got it up, and we're really excited about it. So, and it looks great. That thing does look so tight, dude. Good work. Thanks, Danny. Danny made most of it. So, I made it. Yeah. <laughs> I, it was me. I made yeah. it. Um, yeah. And <laughs> besides that, as always, social media, uh, Professor Podcast on Instagram. Um, please check us out. Uh, you can find me at Daniel Hunter Jones on Instagram. Dave is at Dave TJ twenty three on Instagram. That's right, Dave. Right? Mm-hmm. That is so. correct. Dave TJ twenty three. Michael Jordan. Yep. Uh, that's why I always remember it. Best basketball player of all time. Um, and Facebook as well. Uh, Professor Jones. You can find us there. SoundCloud, as always, our main platform. That's how you guys have been listening so far. So thank you so much for the support. Share us around. Um, Sharon is Karen. <laughs> but uh. Anyway. Thanks a lot for listening, guys. We'll see you all next week. We'll be back here living our lives a quarter mile at a time. And if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.